Season 3 of Tiny Expeditions is made possible through the support of our sponsor, EBSCO Information Services, the leading provider of online research content, search technologies, and workflow tools serving public libraries, schools, academic institutions, corporations, and medical institutions around the world, proudly delivering information access for researchers at all levels, online at ebsco.com. That's E-B-S-C-O Welcome to Season 3 of Tiny Expeditions. I'm Dr. Sarah Sharman, here to help you make sense of the science. And I'm Chris Powell. I'll be your storytelling guide for this episode. In this season, we will explore the many ways that DNA influences human health and disease. And for today's episode, we need a quick disclaimer. We're going to be talking about some very famous brands and companies that you will no doubt recognize. These are genetic testing companies that offer you glimpses into your ancestral record. These companies are not sponsoring this podcast, and they in no way have influence on what we're saying. And we're not endorsing these companies. We just need you to know about what they do so that we can talk about the science undergirding this industry. You've no doubt at some point had advertisements for companies show up in your social media feed that are promising to give you the long-lost secrets hidden in your family's histories. And let's face it, we're all intrigued. Who doesn't want to find out they're related to Harriet Tubman or... Kevin Bacon? Maybe not. How about Dolly Parton? Some of us may find a different story in our past, and some of us may find a story that's completely different from the story that we've grown up thinking about ourselves. And some of us may just not want to know what's buried in our past. Are you familiar with these companies you can send your DNA to, a sample off to, and they can tell you about your ancestral origins? Uh, Yes, but very little about it. I know about it, but not a whole lot. (laughs) Okay, so what's your general thought? Positive, negative? I think it's positive for people that want to know where they came from, and if there's science to back it up and find it, then I think it's pretty cool. Okay, so is this something that you would ever consider doing? Probably if I didn't know or didn't have an idea of. Yes, I'm aware of those. Okay, cool. So what are your thoughts? Positive, negative? I think they're very beneficial when you're trying to discover more about yourself, but I feel like we need more diversity in the population pool to get better um, genetic data on individuals, especially those of African descent. So overall, would you say your initial reaction is positive or negative to these companies? I think positive initially because I know they can connect you with a lot of um, important parts of your identity and that sort of identity like personal information I think is beneficial and then when I start to think about it you know what does it mean that they have all my genetic information and what kind of power does that give them or what does that really mean after the fact I think I'm a little bit more like concerned or hesitant about Before we go too far down this road, let's start with some basic questions. What can these companies actually tell us about ourselves? And how reliable is the science driving this billion-dollar industry? To find these answers, we sat down with a familiar voice for this podcast. I'm Greg Barsh. I'm a faculty investigator and faculty chair at Hudson Alpha. 
Uh, and our lab works on a couple different things. We work on the genetics of morphological differences, understanding what makes individuals within a species and closely related species uh, look different from one another. Uh, but I also am very interested in and work on uh, several aspects of genomic health. To set the stage, we asked Dr. Barsh, what is genealogy? Genealogy, that's, uh, that's easy. That's how uh, genes are related to each other. Uh, and because genes, of course, are carried in individuals, uh, in this case, people, uh, what we're really talking about is how genes uh, move from one ind individual to another. Because, of course, uh, at some level, all humans are related to all other humans. So understanding uh, the nature of those relationships uh, and uh, constructing um, a family tree is the, uh, the essence of genealogy. For as long as there have been families, people have wanted to know about their family tree. The problem is, how do you find out that information? In the past, you would have to search through written or oral histories, and some of those may not be easily accessible. Today, DNA sequencing technology is augmenting historical records to give people a more complete picture of their family trees. So, so DNA sequencing uh, is, of course, what everybody talks about these days because it's gotten uh, incredibly effective and incredibly efficient and uh, reasonably uh, inexpensive. Um, but you really don't need DNA sequencing to study ancestry. All you need is to look at a fraction of uh, the DNA in the genome. Uh, and that is, in fact, the way that most of these companies uh, study ancestry, uh, is they, they use um, what's sometimes called a DNA chip, which basically looks at uh, the identity of the DNA letters in a small fraction of the genome. All of this uh, has been, and to some extent still is, motivated by uh, improving human health through understanding more about the genetics of human disease. Um, and so uh, the original uh, DNA chip technology was developed uh, specifically to look at groups of individuals that had a disease that they thought had a genetic component, but where it wasn't uh, particularly obvious, so you couldn't see it obviously tracked down in families. It's fascinating to think that the same technology scientists use to diagnose genetic diseases can also help us infer relationships between individuals. We just have to look at the data a little bit differently. Let's learn more about the variants that help us make these connections. So uh, if you look at uh, any two individuals, um, on average, they have about one out of a thousand differences. Now that doesn't sound like very much, but because the genome is really big, about three billion nucleotides long, that means that between any two individuals, there's about three million differences, uh, which is an awful lot. And let me just state explicitly that the more variants that uh, two individuals share, the more closely they are related. So as I said, uh, you know, an individual has about 50% or actually exactly 50% of the variants that either of their parents carried. Uh, and uh, siblings, brothers and sisters, have about 50% of the variants between, uh, between two siblings. Uh, but if you share a small number of variants, then you're more distantly related uh, relative to, say, uh, the general population. So the presence of shared variants helps predict the degree of relationship between people. 
But when you receive a report from these companies, you also receive a map showing the possibilities of your ancestral origin. So how is this possible? They make use of what geneticists have um, accumulated and stored and shared over the last uh, 20 years or so, which is large um, uh, DNA sequence databases of individuals that are from different continents and not only from these different continents or sometimes we call them, you know, biogeographic locations, but where their grandparents are from. And so knowing that information then allows you to say, okay, well, let's see how many variants say, you know, I share with individuals whose ancestors are from these different continents or small regions of continents. The larger the database gets, uh, the more diverse it gets, uh, the more fine-grained the companies can be with regard to where an individual's ancestors were originally from. So I was actually an early customer of 23andMe, uh, in part because it got started in the Bay Area where I was a faculty member uh, and there were people from my research group who actually worked at 23andMe. Uh, I thought it was a great idea. The advancements in human genetics that are powering these companies may be able to connect us to relatives or show us where our ancestors are from. And this is amazing information to have, especially understanding that all of our stories are different. Not everyone has the same basic information about family history. Dr. Barsh himself is adopted and knew little about his ancestors until he submitted his DNA to 23andMe and learned some interesting information. Uh, and so my ancestry map was really pretty boring. All of my ancestors were from one region in uh, uh, Eastern Europe uh, because I am uh, of 95% Ashkenazi extraction. Uh, and that was actually no surprise to me because uh, I was actually adopted um, and uh, I knew my um, adopted parents had told me that uh, who themselves happened to be uh, Ashkenazi. They had told me that they uh, worked with an adoption agency that was specifically for uh, individuals of uh, Jewish heritage. And so I was not surprised at all to find that uh, my ancestry was uh, about 95% uh, Ashkenazi. Now, you might ask that, well, you know, when you looked at your DNA results, did you see anyone that you were related to? And 10 years ago, the answer was yes. You know, I had about uh, 1,000 DNA relatives. And so um, initially, one might think, oh, well, that must be so exciting. You know, you were adopted, and now you have all these new relatives. But in fact, when I looked closer, it turned out that my 1,000 or so Ashkenazi DNA relatives were all third, fourth, fifth, or sixth cousins. And the reason is because all Ashkenazi, uh, just like all humans, are related to one another. And so on average, each Ashkenazi has, you know, hundreds or thousands of third, fourth, fifth, and sixth cousins. From his initial results, Dr. Barsh received hundreds of possible connections, most of which would be distant relatives. However, as more people continue to send in their DNA, the database grows, and so do the connections. So quite a while after receiving his initial results, a potential relative reached out to him, and it turns out they're pretty closely related. 
So that's the way things stood for me, uh, knowing that I had uh, about a thousand very distantly related third, fourth, fifth, and sixth cousins until maybe three or four years ago when somebody reached out to me uh, and said, you know, I submitted my DNA to 23andMe recently, and it turns out that we're pretty closely related. We're, we share about 25% of our variants. We have 25% of the same variants. Uh, so I was pretty intrigued. Um, I you know, knew that there might always be a close relative out there. Uh, and I was excited and we uh, engaged, we communicated, we, we became friends. Uh, so uh, Lisa, this, this is her name, uh, and I uh, talked about this. Uh, Lisa's initial question was, how exactly are we related? And I said, well, you know, I'm a geneticist. I can probably figure that out. Uh, and there's a number of ways that individuals who share 25% of their DNA can be related. In this case, it turned out that Lisa and I were half-siblings. So she is my half-sister. I am her half-brother. And then the question was, well, do we share the same mother uh, or do we share the same father? To determine if the two shared the same mother, Dr. Barsh turned to a different type of genetic technology called a mitochondrial DNA test. Females pass mitochondrial DNA down to their male and female children, but males do not. Therefore, if two people share the same mitochondrial DNA, they share the same mother. Well, it turns out that Lisa and I had pretty different mitochondrial DNA, which meant that we didn't have the same mother, which meant that we had to have the same father. And in fact, in this case, um, 23andMe got it right. They predicted that uh, uh, Lisa and I were half-siblings. As I said, there's other ways that individuals can share 25% of DNA, but uh, the distribution of the variants within uh, the genome uh, allows the companies, or really allows anyone, to infer uh, whether 25% sharing means that two individuals are, say, uh, half-siblings or uh, grandparent and grandchild. And in this case, it was uh, half-siblings. As humans, many of us have an inherent sense of curiosity about our past. We want something to ground us, to give us a sense of belonging and identity. We want to know our story. Advances in human genetics can help us fill in the gaps of our stories, but it can't tell us the full story, at least not yet. As more and more people, I think, um, get excited about um, genealogy and DNA testing and send their DNA to one of these ancestry companies, uh, we'll find new relatives. Uh, And so, again, you know, if you think about a family tree, uh, you can think about it as uh, a little family tree, how my immediate family uh, is related to each other. And I think over the next, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, we'll be able to fill in the gaps between those uh, family trees to make an ever denser and ever more connected family tree. Thank you for joining us for this tiny expedition into human genetics and ancestry. Next week, we'll dive into the tough ethical questions surrounding our increased use of genetic information. Who has access to your genetic information? Can your genetic information be used against you? Or will you be denied health insurance based on information from a genetic test? Tiny Expeditions is a podcast about genetics, DNA, and inheritance from the Hudson Alpha Institute for Biotechnology. 
We're a nonprofit research institution in Huntsville, Alabama. We've got a campus full of scientists doing public research alongside companies developing products and services, all with one aim to translate genomic discoveries into real-world applications that make for a healthier, more sustainable world. That's everything from cancer research to agriculture for a changing climate. If you find this podcast interesting, please rate, review, like, and subscribe on the podcast app of your choice. And then tell someone that you listen to this interesting little story about genetics. Knowledge is better when you share it. Thanks again to our sponsor, EBSCO Information Services. And thanks to you, our listeners, for joining us.